our first guest is from the West Ridge Fire Department, Dan Oletta. Welcome, Dan. Well, thanks for having me on. We appreciate you being here. Hey, uh, so it's a family show. I say this every time, but we want to kind of get your origin story. Where'd you grow up? How'd you get to, to Mill Creek? Well, I um, actually grew up in Mill Creek. Yeah, okay. McDowell, McDowell graduate. Um, you know, growing up, I lived uh, about a block behind the Westridge Fire Station, <laughs> the main station on Did 26th you? Street. So um, back in those days, the fire siren would, would sound on it, on every call and course i would get is on that my, is, it, is that literally how the the firefighters knew that there was a call that's how they knew it yeah because uh, there's no, the no days not everybody had, yeah and, or radios you know, or yeah, yeah wow for sure so um you know growing up i couldn't wait to join but uh okay. at the time you had to be 18 so i graduated high school and you know as soon as i turned 18 i uh, went up and applied Wow. Wow. So, and uh, what do you do for a living, Dan? I'm a public works inspector for Mill Creek Township. Okay. So you work for the township. I do. I've been there for 31 years. Um, How's, how are things going that way? Things are going very well there. Okay. For public works and stuff. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mill Creek always does a really good job, you know, of, of, of their roads and things, but uh, um, it is, it's one of those, it's one of those deals where, uh, too much is given, much is required. It's almost like a Spider-Man kind of thing where, where, you know, people really expect almost a, a city, you know, a city kind of level of service in a township. Is, would you agree or disagree? There? Oh, I, I definitely agree. And, um, you know, to some extent, uh, they, they deserve that in Mill Creek, okay. you know, it's, uh, it's a large community. Sure. Sure. What, 50,000? 55,000 people. 55, yeah. yeah uh, let me uh, give the phone number out. 679-1080 uh, is the number to call if you have a, a question or comment about uh, EMS and volunteer firefighting. All right. So I'm going to read this blazing um, uh, report from last November, the end of November. According to a report, Pennsylvania needs to provide funding and take other action to fight a public safety crisis. Do a to a decline in volunteer firefighters. And this factoid uh, is is astounding, um, Dan. Again, you couldn't wait to become a firefighter uh, when you were an 18-year-old. About 300,000 people volunteered as firefighters in Pennsylvania in the 70s. That's down to 38,000, which is, a to be generous, we're only about 15% of what we used to be in, in terms of firefighters. Why would that be? Times have changed quite a bit. Uh, I, I, you know, I've been in the department for 38 years. Um, and when I first got in, um, I was actually on a waiting list. Uh, there, there was a cap on the amount of members at Westridge. And uh, you actually had to wait for a vacancy before you could get in. Uh, today, that That's no way, <laughs> yeah. does not apply. For so sure. we're, uh, we haven't lost 85% of our population. What are people doing instead of firefighting or, or what was the, what was the draw for you as a young man uh, that isn't a draw now? And again, you, you probably have been able to expand to uh, women are involved with firefighting. I mean, it, you know, it's definitely, there's a lot more opportunities to be involved, but less people are involved. Oh, well, there are a lot more opportunities. Yes, we do have uh, several female members, mm-hmm. um, and we also have a junior firefighter program now. So at age 14, you can, you can join the department. Uh, your abilities are limited for the first couple of years. But when you turn 16 and 17, uh, you're able to do more and more. And then by the time you're 18, um, you can actually, you know, with the proper training, um, go in and fight fires. Yeah. So, so what are people doing instead of going into firefighting? 
Well, I think the whole family dynamic has changed. Um, dual income families, um, you know, just other commitments in life have taken people elsewhere in, into other avenues. I, I think overall, no matter whether it's firefighting or anybody that's dependent, uh, organizations that are dependent on volunteers, I think you've seen that they've all seen a decline. And that, mm -hmm. that, you know, that's what I'm hearing from other organizations. Now, let's explain um, as far as for Mill Creek goes, or, and again, uh, let me make sure I understand like Westridge's service area, would, would you describe that for me? Our service area is um, southwest Mill Creek. So we cover from the railroad tracks south to Hershey Road and up Steratania Road to uh, Millfair. Um, and, and Pittsburgh Avenue okay. to, to uh, Millfair Road. Okay. Actually, uh, Westridge covers about 40% of uh, the the territory of Mill Creek Township and about 40% of the population. So we have okay. a very large area. Sure. Responding to about 2000 incidents a year. Wow. And uh when you when you take uh, let me make sure I know all the all the uh, VFDs. Okay, so it's West Ridge, West Lake, there's Perry Highway and what's the fourth? Uh, well, Perry Highway is actually in Summit Township. That's, some, that's considered Summit. Okay. Kearsarge Fire Department. Kearsarge, right. And then Bell Valley. Okay, so those those are all limited to the township itself, then. That's right. All right, and and they all participate as far as for medical in the Mill Creek Paramedic Service, correct? Right. There, um, we're all equal owners of the Mill Creek Paramedic Service. And so, um, so when we talk about Perry Highway or then any of the other ones, uh, uh, you know, uh, out in McCain or in Waterford and so on, they're they're that they're on a di they're different. Um, even though you have mutual aid, they're not in this uh, consortium that created the paramedic service. Uh, well, there is an addition to uh, the Lakeshore Fire Department is also um, a co-owner of Mill Creek okay. Paramedics. And is that, is that in Mill Creek as well? They or? are. They're physically located in Mill Creek, but they're considered a Fairview, okay. a branch of the Fairview Fire Department. Uh, okay. So like a branch of Fairview. Okay. So it, it, there is some, you know, it's a little complicated of understanding where people go. And and generally the, the service areas... When do they really become important? Because when there is a fire, it's multiple companies that are rolling, right? That's correct. It's an automatic automatic aid is dispatched. Okay, but uh, it, but when it comes to medical, it, do you just stick to your own service area? You stick to your service area along with the uh, Mill Creek paramedics being dispatched, and okay. then the whatever uh, adjoining fire department, you know, depending on you know the call location um, and the call type. Um, a first responder from that particular fire department would be sent. So let's let's talk about some of the call types because um, explain it to me that th is is the EMS part of this and, and maybe not necessarily Mill Creek, but uh, because you have the paramedic service that you've established. But is the EMS part of this the tough part of of the volunteer fire uh, fire department recruiting? Because of the because of the extra um, training that's needed and and the, the call volume? I, you know, I think in our role um, today, because it is much different than when, you know, Mill Creek Fire Departments had to run their own ambulances, our, our role is uh, still very important as first responders, but, um, but it's less time-consuming. Um, we, you know, we run the first responder call, then we come back, and basically we're done. Okay. We're done with the incident. So, you know, you could actually go on a call and be done within 10 or 15 minutes. Is that right? Um, 
But you're also helping out that ambulance crew. I was going to say, what what are you guys doing when you make, because you are, you sometimes are the first, the very first humans on the scene. So let's say it's a, let's say it's a car accident on, well, a car accident is, 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 gets messy. So there's a lot of elements to that, but yeah, a 26th and Steritania, there's going to be multiple vehicles rolling for something like that, right? right? For for vehicle accidents, we we always uh, send a fire engine to those calls. But for a, like a standard house call for a medical emergency, um, ideally we're we're in there ahead of the ambulance, uh, providing a stabilization for the patient and, until the paramedics can arrive. And the 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 first responders that that show up are the. Emergency medical technicians, right? Right, emergency medical responders and emergency medical technicians. Okay. Oh, there's two different levels right. there. Right. Um, and there's a distinctive there. Can you explain that for me? Well, the difference basically is um, the EMTs are able to do a couple more skills okay. um, than the EMRs, um, but basically that's that's about it. All right. So they show up, uh, EMTs or EMRs. Uh, they're doing a stabilization process, um, um, kind of getting a, a handle on the situation. Paramedics come, the transport vehicle comes, and they send them to the hospital. That's right. right. Okay. And, and occasionally, you know, depending on the, um, you know, the severity of the of the incident, our people will also, you know, if need be, ride in on oh, okay. with them to provide the extra hands that might be necessary. Now, let me uh, let me ask you this: the um, just just because I, I you know I'm I'm a I'm a city kid I I, I you know I you depend on EPD and EFD right so um uh you 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 all uh from West Ridge and all the other you're roll you're rolling in turnout correct uh, or do you have uh what are your what what kind of uniforms do you do you wear for a medical emergency well not necessarily um you know most people are coming from home or okay. they might be out and about. Um, our people do have ID tags that will that okay. will put on at minimum, um, but if it hap- you know people happen to be at the station, sometimes they'll be in station gear, okay. uh, station attire, sure, um, but but not always in a uniform. Gotcha. So just so that we know, we're talking to Dan Ouellette. He's the, from Westridge Fire Department, and we're getting a handle on kind of the kind of the lay of the land, if you will, of uh, this quote, uh, public safety crisis with volunteer firefighters. Let's, let's get your opinion on this. Are we in a crisis, number one? Oh, I, I believe we are. Yeah. It, in Mill Creek Township. Um, and I, I can tell you that, you know, our numbers are down, but I, one of our biggest issues right now is the availability of firefighters and, and our daytime staffing is, is really critical. Um, Back in 2012, Westridge Fire Department, um, you know, identified the, uh, the need for a daytime response. Uh, we were noticing that, um, you know, we didn't have enough people. And, um, you know, I, just to tell you that a typical uh, residential fire, um, the national standard um, is 15 to 20 firefighters to okay. safely operate there. Um we're seeing numbers of, of half of that. Oh wow! At a fire, um, and, that, and that's crazy. That is that, shocking. It well, really it's is dangerous. It's dangerous and, for. And, and again, you're going to have not just West Ridge roll, right? Generally speaking. Well, yeah, and that that includes help from mutual aid. I mean that that shows you that you know that the people just aren't around, and you know, like everybody else, people are working during the day. Yeah. Um, 
we do have a couple people that are doing shift work, um, but you know, for the most part, most departments are strapped for help during the day. So back in 2012, we identified the issue, um, and we decided what we were going to do is is hire people, right. and we established the immediate response team or IRT, um, and that places three paid firefighters in our station um, during the weekdays from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. That helps us guarantee staffing um, during those critical times when we're we're very short. And is that? Do you think that that's a um, that's a, a solution that many volunteer fire departments can can swing? Well, um, I can tell you that the the idea has taken off. In fact, um, this Saturday we'll be we'll be celebrating our fourth anniversary of our IRT program. Um, so we started that. That launched in 2015, March of 2015. A year after that, uh, the Lakeshore Fire Department okay. uh, approached us for help. So we contract with Lakeshore now. We provide two firefighter EMTs to them during the week. And then a year after that, um, 2017, we uh, began a program with McCain Fire Department, providing two firefighter EMTs to them. So you guys are acting as the employer That's at correct. West Ridge and, right. and, and then... And then uh, submitting or, or making sure this the schedule accommodates these other fire departments. Right. And we've been contacted by departments um, all over Erie County um, looking for our assistance also. But we began to run into a problem where we were actually running out of people. Wow. So, you know. Even, even with the paid situation. Even with the paid situation. So we're wow. staffing seven firefighters out there a day. Um, and... You know, that, that's about the limit that we could actually put out there. Incredible. Do you think that it's a precursor to, um, to uh, Mill Creek saying, hey, we just have to do a, a paid fire, fire department? Maybe, well, uh, I, I mean, uh, I've been hearing these, uh, this thought about merging the, the Mill Creek departments and so on. Talk about that. Well, I, I think we are, we're on target to do that. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I'm actually on the uh, Mill Creek Fire and Emergency Services Task Force. I'm the uh, vice chairman. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is one of the things that we're looking at right now. Uh, we're putting a, a plan together, or a couple options anyway, to, to evaluate um, the feasibility of that. Uh, can it remain... Um, you know, a volunteer and a, and a, well, basically a combination department where you have paid firefighters and volunteer firefighters. I really think that that would be ideal for Mill Creek right now. Um, filling in those gaps, you know, the, especially the daytime staffing gaps and then, um, and then going from there. It's, it's kind of like the nostalgia part of this kind of went away a while ago when, when the, 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 the forces dropped so dramatically, isn't it? I mean, the the idea I can imagine you go back twenty years ago, and you know Westridge. You know, I mean, there's some pride behind the shield, correct? Oh, and and there still is well, today, of course. But but right. the reality sets in, right? It there's a lot to it. Um, you know, it's not just running the calls; it's all the training, it's all the administrative duties. A lot of things happening behind the scenes that people just don't see. You know, it's not just the truck driving down the road, you know, responding to a call, but that's, you know, that's can, a little bit of it. Can, have you, uh, w- as part of this task force that you're, have you talked to 
um, underwriters and, and the people that make the decisions about what house uh, insurance is going to cost uh, is does it put Mill Creek at a disadvantage to to only have you know the half the complement of a uh, of firefighters fighting uh, available to fight fires uh, well, during the day or you haven't really experienced it, that? Well, insurance rates are are based on an ISO rating. Okay. Um, and actually, Mill Creek uh, improved from a four to a three. Uh, a one is the best, and the okay. city of Erie is a class one okay. fire department, which is awesome. Right. Um, but there's a lot of factors based on that. It's not just staffing. It's your water supply. It's, you know, oh, gotcha. it's infrastructure related. So there's there's a lot of things that go into that rating. But Mill Creek has improved, um, and, and a three is very respectable. I think it goes all the way up to nine or ten. Is that right? Know, yeah, at the top end. So not so not not too not too bad. Not too a, bad. Uh, Dan Olette, he's from the Westridge Fire Department. Six seven nine ten eighty is our phone number. If you have a question, we've we've got about uh, eight minutes to go here, and uh, I'm 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 interested in that. It's not that shocking that. Uh, you know, first level is perhaps we're going to do a combination department, and and perhaps it would be this this uh, paid department. Would what what do you, what have you guys discovered in your studies about what that means for taxpayers in Mill Creek? Right now, it doesn't really mean anything for taxpayers. Um, the The model that's being put out there would be um, would be bringing all the departments together in Mill Creek as one, one new department, okay. um, one under one umbrella instead of four separate, we call them businesses because technically mm-hmm. we're all, we're all businesses. Um, and we contract to Mill Creek Township. So Mill Creek, Mill Creek really is responsible for the fire, fire and EMS. Protection of their, of their citizens. Right. right. But they've contracted those duties out to, the fire departments and Mill Creek paramedics. So they've designated, you know, sure. those entities as the providers of that service. So um, bringing, bringing the departments under one umbrella and um, having them operate um, could be a lot more efficient, at least operationally. Now, it, now it's just a matter of the, the personnel and that's the, that's really the key yeah, it doesn't really matter who's in the back office. It's like who's going to be on the line at the who's going to be out there running the calls. And, the calls and I yeah. think the the equipment, the apparatus that Mill Creek, you know, the Mill Creek departments have is is top yeah. notch. It's a lot of, some, lot of new equipment. Yeah, there is. So, you know, but the most critical component is the people. Dan, um, uh, you know, talk about. You know, if if it's in the purview of of the people that you talk to, of of maybe Mill Creek just kind of saying, you know what, we're gonna have to have a, a professional fire department as part of the township. Is that is that in the cards at all, or is that being discussed, or not really? You know, I, at this point, I, I it's been part of a conversation. It's it's certainly an option. I back in two thousand six, the uh, the township paid about fifty three thousand dollars to have a study done okay. on the fire and EMS services in Mill Creek. Um, there were recommendations from doing nothing to having a fully paid department and really anything in between. So um, I think because there are so many volunteers still 
willing and able to, you know, serve the township. Um, you know, our, our, like I said, our biggest issue is handling these off times when most people right. are working. So, um, really the only way to, to really fix that would be to, you know, pay staff to be there. Sure. Um, so I think ideally, and then this is my opinion that yeah. a combination department would mm -hmm. be an awesome avenue for, for the township right now. I'm going to push you one more uh, okay. level then, because, uh, I, you know, in talking to um, somebody like uh, Mayor Schember, I asked him point blank. I said, you know, it's just as easy for somebody to go from Central Firehouse or one of the, you know, the, one of the houses on uh, 38th Street or on, on uh, West 8th, you know, to roll into Mill Creek as it would be to roll, you know, downtown. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the same di exact distance, right? Right. What about the concept of a metropolitan fire department, which would kind of cover a lot of these shortage issues and, you know, people get paid it again, taxes would be an issue. What's your thought on that? You know, it, anything can go on the table. Uh, are we, are we at that point as a community that anything could go on the table? I, I mean, I, I are think, there any sacred we, cows? I think you should look at every option. I, I'm not, I'd like I'm, to hear that. Dan. I'm, I'm really not opposed to that, you know, it, <laughs> right. And let's go another step further. Let's, yeah. let's go countywide. Well, yeah. Why not? Why not? This is, this is a county issue. And I think some of your guests you'll be talking to later on, you're going to probably hear the same things from them. Um, we're all facing the same issues, a decline of firefighters, EMS people, um, you know, running, running these calls, uh, doesn't get any, any easier. And, sure. you know, you, you have to have the staff to do it. Today, we're talking about our emergency medical system, our first responders, our firefighters, our paramedics, and taking a deep dive into the current volunteer fire department public safety crisis, uh, 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 a shortage of manpower to the extent of 85% of, of the, of the 300,000 people that used to participate in volunteer firefighting in Pennsylvania is down, uh, I'm being generous here, down to about 38%. So um, we are glad to have with us uh, Bill Haggerty. He's the president of Emergicare. Thank you so much, Bill, for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. And we have Dean Pepicello. He is a, a Harbor Creek Township Supervisor. Welcome, Dean. Thanks, Joel. We appreciate you being here. Okay, so let's uh, let's kind of, uh, uh, and Dan uh, Olette uh, kind of set the plate for us very well. Again, there's a lot of uh, folks, just average citizens that, you know, they just expect that if they, li you know, they live in, uh, in one of the suburbs or in the city, they expect, you know what, if I have a fire, if I have a mer medical emergency, I hit 911 and boy, they're going to be there in, uh, you know, 10 minutes or less and, you know, everything's taken care of. It's just not that easy, is it, Bill? Uh, no, not always. Uh, you know, we're uh, Emergent Care is a, a large ambulance service, and we provide the we're the designated uh, ambulance service for the city of Erie, and we're very, very busy. Yeah! Wow! Wow! And uh, um, explain. Let's let's talk about how the city responds to medical emergencies, uh, and, and also, I mean. Because we see we see uh, you know emergency care ambulances at a lot of different situations, whether it is uh, you know in, in, a, in a crime scene, uh, you know at, at a uh, at a, a traffic uh, 
situation, you know, with, uh, you know, cars, uh, a traffic accident. Mm-hmm. And of course, the, you know, your, your, your regular old and they're not regular old, but, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, myocardial infarction, you know, I mean, you, you know, the, the average heart attack uh, uh, in, in, in uh, throughout the city. All right. So talk about how, though. Uh, things happen as far as emergency response in Erie. So if uh, someone in the city of Erie calls 911, it goes to the 911 center and the 911 center then dispatches emergency care. Uh, we have our own communication center and because we have so many units uh, out and about and we have AVL, so we know where those vehicles are at all times, then we can send the closest appropriate unit to the call. So our one of our ambulances would What's be- What's AVL? Just uh, for automatic Vehicle Locator GPS. Okay, GPS. And so- uh, you will send the closest one to the that closest call. appropriate. Right. So lots of high technology. There's going a lot on of here. technology. We have Wi-Fi in the vehicles. We have laptop computers. We have a navigator software that navigates the crews to the calls. So yeah, there's a lot of technology. So the uh, uh, emergency care would be dispatched, and the fire department, your fire department, would be dispatched as a first responder, depending on the location of the call and the nature of the call. And then if again, first responders would. Uh, immediately start treating the patient until our ambulance got there and they would assist our ambulance crew or EMT and paramedic in the treatment, packaging the patient, getting them in the ambulance, then we transport to the hospital. Can, can you guys give me a little history lesson? Because I'm trying to understand, uh, has, it, has it always been the case where uh, you have a firefighter or first responder respond in addition to an ambulance uh, and slash paramedic that respond. Is that all? Is that always been kind of the course of action? Um, I've been a paramedic for forty years, and as far back as I can remember, that is you typically been the situation. Because so, uh, do you remember the old inhalator? Yeah, it wasn't the inhalator that a, squad. That yeah. was a fire department squad, right? Correct. Correct. Was that? Uh, did they go solo, or did did a, did an engine roll with them? Well, I actually, when I was a young man, my we had to call for an ambulance to my house for my dad. Okay. So this was out in West Erie County, yeah. and it was uh, the fire department ambulance. So you, your first responder was the ambulance. So that's the distinctive that I'm that I'm missing here yeah. is that um, that because the the ambulance service has been separated from the volunteer fire departments or the the the, the paid fire department in the case of Erie, right? Uh, that those those first responders are separated, but they still roll to the event. Yeah, they go to, like I said, there's specif- specified calls, the critical calls that they go to, the motor vehicle accidents, the, the mm-hmm. myocardial infarctions, as you put yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, you know, the uh, the bad-natured calls in the out, outside areas, usually, because they can get there quicker than the ambulance can get there. Okay. Okay, I get that. Because the ambulance generally is coming from a central location, although at one point, Emergicare had uh, uh, like one on Buffalo Road. You still we do, still right? Do, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, we have our headquarters at 19th and Peach. That's mm-hmm. a 62,000 square foot facility. And then we have our station two out on Buffalo Road, just east of McClellan. And then our station three is at 23rd and Peninsula. All right. I, I want to ask you about mutual aid, and, and, and you can jump in on this, Dean, too, insofar in as that. One of the one of the things that uh, that uh, that we are hearing about is that when a call comes in um, that uh, uh, that is outside your particular service area, you're providing mutual aid uh, a lot uh, insofar as that there is not an ambulance available or I should say there's not a crew available to roll to that event. Can you explain that scenario when that happens? Sure. Uh 
and you know, this happens all over. This isn't an eerie thing or a Pennsylvania right, thing. Sure. But uh, just for example, uh, let's say, well, since Dean's here, we'll pick on Harbor Creek. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, we provide the, the paramedics advanced life support for that area. And uh, so we send an ambulance to that call along with the volunteer fire department. If the volunteer fire department uh, does not answer that call, then emergency care would treat and transport that patient. Then. So that would be mutual aid. But what happens is the more that that happens, and again, uh, uh, I'll pick on East, East Erie County, is if we have to send three ambulances out there for calls, that now might short make us shorten the city of Erie to cover our calls there. And then we might need to have Mill Creek Paramedic Service take a call for us. Or Mill Creek Paramedics are running calls to Edinburgh, McCain, West County, and they run out of ambulances, and then we have to send ambulances to Okay, my mouth out. is wide open This here. happens every day. Okay, okay, because <laughs> you're like, you're, I, I don't, I, how do I describe it's it? It's a chess like, game. It's a chess game, yeah. yeah, yeah you're yeah. moving checkers, chess around, right. chess pieces around, just to make sure that uh, big, giant uh, chunks of county are covered when things get busy, and it's so random, right? Yeah. Um, and we have we have a computer program that uh, tells us that that uh, predicts it's a predictive software where the next calls are going to be. So we are always moving our ambulances around, uh, trying to get them closer to where that predictive software believes that call is going to be. Okay. So there's a lot of diesel fuel and gasoline used to to run this efficiently. And I know that we're talking about the city and just the immediate area, well, but yeah. we also provide service as far away as Kane. We have eleven stations with 300 employees, and we respond to 65,000 requests a year. Unreal. So, and we're moving those uh, units around in the region to help cover for each other and to help out the volunteer fire departments. Yeah. Can we drill down a second on on your service area, your multiple service areas? Mm -hmm. Because, again, when I worked out here in Union City... I was pretty sure that there was emergency care in Union City, correct? That's correct. Uh, is 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 that still the case, Bill? Yes, it is. Okay, so there are basically municipalities or service areas that that you are the contracted ambulance provider. So, in, in, let's use Union City for example. They have uh, the fire department has their own ambulance service, and we provide the advanced life support for them. But again, if they don't answer the call. Our ambulance is there with a paramedic. We would end up treating and transporting that patient. But that ambulance is also strategically placed there to assist Waterford, Mill Village. Gotcha. Uh, you- goes, you know, to Corey, uh, different areas. I think Bill can explain. Here's the difference most people don't understand. The difference between ALS and BLS are very different things, different patients. Can you explain that? I don't think people understand that. And emergent care is going everywhere Essentially providing ALS. Is, is that correct? Correct. I mean, we do staff a couple of ambulances. Advanced life support. Yeah. The, yeah. Can you, can you so explain ba- the difference? Basic life support are two EMTs, emergency medical technicians. So they can provide that basic support. They can give oxygen. They can do an assessment. They can splint fractures, um, you know, try to comfort the patient, things of that nature. Uh, they, of course, take emergency vehicle driving. So they drive the ambulances. The paramed- And that schooling is about four to four and a half months. And then, of course, we uh, put new EMTs with experienced people for a while to get them acclimated. Paramedics now, uh, typically you're an EMT for one or two years. You take paramedic schooling. That's a year, one year long. And that includes the classroom and uh, the laboratories, all those things. And so the paramedics can start IVs. They can do advanced airways, give medications, do the intraosseous uh, IVs. Wow. Uh, do, they can do a lot. 
And so most of our ambulances have a paramedic and an EMT. We do usually staff a couple ambulances that have two EMTs, and they're restricted to going on the basic life support calls. Has anything changed, Bill? And both of you guys can weigh in on this. Has, has something changed in state law for the uh, basic life support or the EMTs uh, to kind of impact the number of recruits that, especially on the volunteer side, that you're able to get? I don't, I don't I'm not exactly in the business. So I'm the elected official who's responsible for public safety. <laughs> right, right, right. I can't tell you about all the A- details. Act 37 came out a few years ago and uh, it was a tougher EMS act. It did, uh, put the onus on the uh, more training, certifications, uh, continuing education. Uh, didn't necessarily make it harder to be an EMT or a paramedic, uh, but maybe a little more strict on their uh, continued training. Uh, they put some restrictions on how to staff different vehicles, ambulances, and that you had to staff 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, whether you were a career or a volunteer. And I know that that has uh, been a struggle for a lot of the volunteer services, but the state also gives you an out on that, that all you have to do is be part of uh, a plan, a countywide or larger. And if you do that and you call out a service and that's according to the plan, there's no discipline, there's, you know, nothing happens to you. But if you don't do that and you're not part of a plan, the state could come back and uh, discipline you, warn you. You're talking about as an you. individual, you're getting No, I'm talking about as, an ambulance as, service, as an ambulance a volunteer service. Okay. or paid. Career. Okay, all right. Just want to make sure I understand this. Again, just so that you understand how to... Um, to be to be confident that you will be served in a timely manner um, from uh, the people that are you know giving their heart and soul to uh, to making sure that happens, getting you to the hospital if you need to be, fighting the fires at at, at a home. And we just just had a horrible fire at a row house yesterday at uh, Lawrence Park, you know. And again, uh, uh, Dean, you're on that side of the county. Uh, yeah, I don't know how many uh, how many different companies rolled for that. Oh, it's like a half big, a dozen, it, probably. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, uh, let me understand what's going on here, though, because we have this crisis of not enough people. Again, uh, Bill, you were saying off mic that yeah, there's just people that are just consumed by their kids' schedules and just other other um, important things in their lives, and they can't uh, volunteer anymore. Um, the but what we are what what I've heard as I've kind of gotten ready for this program that the kind of the, the defined issue is is just this this concept that the advanced training that is need or I shouldn't say the word advanced nope. but the extensive training sure. that is needed yep. to be even just an emergency medical responder an EMR uh, ver- and an EMT is is kind of knocks people out they just don't have the time for no, it, it it's that it's it's two working parents it's all of the extracurricular activities that have changed in the last 30 or 40 years and and let's i'm going to be honest here and you don't want to say this to bill because he makes money on calls <laughs> and, and that's just that's the business side of of what right. we do but there are plenty of people who could get themselves to the hospital could call uber for a ride I, I, they don't say that in that business we say that in the elected side there are there are more calls there are just i think there are more calls that you're dealing with it. These people are dealing with Okay. So, so you add all of those things in. Say that again. You're saying that the just just the number of times that the ambulance is called is has gone up and our population has dropped. It, yes. You don't you don't they don't say that in the medical services industry because their their business is to save lives. Is to right. pick people up and get to the hospital. And, and I we suspect, need them there. You know, I suspect 
Vet emergency services people would tell you that every person should call 911 because that's the, the right thing, the safe thing to do. In all honesty and in all reality, many of those calls don't have to happen. They don't. Yeah, just let me just jump in there, Dean. Uh, I almost completely agree with yeah, you. I understand. Uh, there I understand. are people that call 911 when an ambulance truly isn't needed. Right. And, and again, we could come up with examples of, you know, a sprained ankle. Well, they don't really need an ambulance. But what I want to make clear to you all is that if an ambulance is not necessary and we treat them and transport them, we do not get paid for those. Is that because right? Because the insurance companies, Medicare, right. they're going to realize, listen, this patient could have gone by taxi, by Uber, or driven or whatever. And mm. so we don't get paid for those. Okay. What, what the shocking thing is, Bill, is that you have people that are calling for sprained ankles and then you have the people that are shot that dry themselves to ham it. Yeah, I mean, which exactly. is so we have both yeah. sides of this right. thing, right? Yeah. I just there's a business side <laughs> yeah. to it. Right. All of those things are factors in the dwindling of volunteers. And that's that's the issue that we're talking about. We're trying to wrestle with is, you know, where are the volunteers and what are what are what are the solutions that that are being forced upon our elected officials and forced upon the taxpayers to deal with this, right? Yeah. And so um Again, I, I have to. I just still have to understand how this all works because, again, living in the city, it is it is very simple for me to understand. We have a police department, we have a fire department, and we have paid ambulance service. It's 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 simple. But living in Harbor Creek, what do we have? We have volunteers who answer every call they can that are awesome, that give their heart and soul to, to the community. But because of all the reasons we just list. They can't get out the door to every call, thousands and thousands of calls. And the easy, I always say the same thing with police in, 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 uh, in suburbs. The easy thing to do for elected officials is to raise everybody's taxes by 10 times and just pay for it all. That's the easy thing to do. Yeah. It is. Now, yeah. that's not the right thing to do. It, it isn't in the best interest of everybody. And there's so many other things you have to deal with. So you have to come up with creative solutions. So what have we done on Harbor Creek? A couple of things. We have started a 237 emergency response team that is township employees paid for by Harbor Creek Township on our payroll who have other duties during the day, code enforcement, uh, road work, other things that we do, office work or whatever. When, when you call 911 and you need an ambulance and our volunteers cannot go because they're working, they're doing all of these other things, then our crew will go during the day. So they'll go during the day. They'll answer that call. We're paying them as the township. But the fire department gets that money. Remember, the number one revenue source for volunteer fire departments in general is still ambulance calls. It's not chicken dinners. It's not all of those yeah. things. It's still ambulance calls. They need to get out the door to make the money. And so, that is that is the prevailing issue that happened with MPS, with Milking Paramedic Services, that they couldn't they couldn't make the financial model work. And so they decided to build an ambulance service. Is that is that accurate? No, uh, we're not. I, I don't okay, know. you're not in Milky. So yeah, okay. Dan spoke great to it, to yeah, be honest. Yeah. And, and we really can't speak for what goes on. But right. I will tell you what's what's going on in Harvard. What's Creek going on in Harvard Creek? is that now. So our employees go out during the day, seven thirty to three thirty, our you know normal working day. When the bell rings, uh, they'll go out when volunteers can't. If they do, fine. If they can't, we'll answer. The fire departments will get that money. After hours, we have made the decision essentially, and Bill and I were kind of joking about this off the air. Is we're we're becoming a competitor of Emergicare in, in some part to kind of relieve them of the burden of because of, we're calling on them for ALS calls in East County. They are the provider. When, when you have an ALS call and uh, I don't know if Northeast is included, I assume they are, but Harbor mm -hmm. Creek, Lawrence Park, Wesleyville, they have to come and do that. But after hours, when our 237 team is not operational, that is after 3.30 p.m. and on weekends, 
when volunteers can't answer, we have now started a paid ambulance service, mostly the BLS, eventually we think ALS, in, for the sole reason to prop up our fire departments, not, not to replace them. When they answer the calls, and we want them to, they'll get paid. That's fine. We're not trying to replace them, but we're trying to realize volunteerism is down. Yeah. And when you call 911, you want an ambulance to come. So we'll do that. And the municipalities of Harbor Creek, Westerville, Lawrence Park have entered into an intergovernmental agreement. And we, as municipalities, are paying for this backup ambulance service when volunteers can't be there. So that's what we're doing. Those two things, paying employees during the day who are EMTs and starting a paid ambulance service in conjunction with Lawrence Park and Westerville to back up the volunteers when they can't go. So just for clarity's sake, those three municipalities right now, um, uh, the volunteer fire departments in those municipalities have ambulance service or don't have ambulance service? Yes, they do. They do. Yes. And so it's and they, just that they can't roll all the time. Not all the time. Yeah. If they if they do, wonderful. That's that's if they do, they'll make they'll make their money. They'll be they'll be prosperity and our paid ambulance service will go out of business. OK, okay. That's but that's fine. a distinctive than what we were saying with Union City Borough. Union City Borough contracts with Emergicare to provide the ambulance services. No, correct? they provide. Uh, <clears throat> sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Union City Fire Department ambulances. Their designated provider of ambulance. We're their designated provider of advanced life support. Right. ALS. Difference okay. between ALS and BLS. Okay. Uh, see, you, there's 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 a lot to unpack here, folks. And EMS is is a unique business, and it's not that old. So you really need to be experts, especially in Pennsylvania, because reimbursement in Pennsylvania is one of the lowest in the country. So in order to be a successful EMS, you really have to have that expertise. We're glad to have this significant conversation today talking about... Um, EMS, talking about the emergency medical services, volunteer firefighting, and we have, um, you know, two people that are in the know about uh, uh, this issue of emergency medical services. Bill Haggerty, he's the president of Emergicare, and Dean Pepicello, he's the supervisor of Harbor Creek Township. And Dean, you were just saying that, uh, um, you, you know, the solution that you all have come up with uh, during the day is you have township employees who roll an ambulance when needed just in Harbor Creek? Uh, uh, yes. Just in yes. Harbor Creek. And then uh, at night, uh, you're forming a an ambulance service for basic life, su- life support, right? Uh, and, and eventually for, for advanced okay. um, as well. All right. And uh, again, so, they're just kind of sorry to, to jump in. Yeah. But I think everyone's looking for their own creative solution. Right. And that's what we've done. We need the volunteers. We love them. They really do a tremendous job. And at Testament yesterday in Lawrence Park that they all come mm-hmm. together when when the bell rings, accidents, fires, all of those things. We need them to operate in the form that they do. It, it's so important and it's important to them. And we understand that. So we're all just looking for creative solutions. I think they're out there. Uh, to be honest, but but you have to go find them. You have to be aggressive in what you do. And we've done it with our daytime team and now, you know, forming this this East County Ambulance Service. All right. So am I, let me let me just ask a really dumb question then. Why don't you just contract Emergicare to do your BLS and ALS? I, you know, we we could you do BLS in the city, I'm guessing. So all ambulance mm-hmm. uh, in the city. Here's because, again, number one fundraiser, local volunteer fire departments is is ambulance service is bls all right having having the, the qualifications to do that we still want them to go out the door that's how they make their money bill and he understands they're sympathetic to that i think emergent right. understands that better than anyone which is which is amazing for the relationship we still want them to do that it just becomes more and more difficult for all the reasons we've talked about 
But okay, so just to be clear here, other than Erie City, does every other municipality in the county have its own ambulance and you just supply paramedics or do you have this this model in other places? No, it's it's different in different areas. So okay. in Western Erie County, they uh, have, I believe, seven volunteer fire departments who all have their own ambulance, but they also have the West County Paramedic Association. So they provide the paramedics, the ALS, to assist those volunteers, but they also operate an ambulance service. If the volunteers don't answer the call, they, the West County paramedics can answer the call for them. So the only time that Emergicare will roll in West County is in mutual aid. Correct. Which okay. it would be, uh, it does happen, but it's rare. Very yeah. rare. Okay. Yeah. All right. How, is there any other scenario, though, other than the city of Erie, where you're providing basic life support? Just basic life support? No. Uh, we, uh, not just, but both basic and advanced. We provide ambulance service in uh, certain areas like Kane, uh, parts of Warren County. So way out there. Titusville. Uh, yes. Yeah, so we're the primary ambulance, ALS and BLS. All right. Areas. Talk about, the, just just so that I understand, Bill. And, uh, and again, we're talking uh, to uh, Bill Haggerty. He's the president of Emergency Care, Dean Pepicello from Harbor Creek Township. Kane. Uh, the, the what is it is, is it a third class city Kane or is that a is that a borough I don't I don't even know I, I would never <laughs> uh, de- describe what they are okay so, so but um, obviously city city fathers uh, said uh, okay come on emergency care we're going to contract with you for this basic life support and advanced life support is that the deal yeah several years ago we were approached by uh, the ambulance service down there they were a part paid part volunteer and they just couldn't get the staffing so they approached us and asked if we'd be interested in providing the service down there, which after negotiation and you know finding out what all their assets were and everything, uh, we made that happen. So we provide one ambulance with an EMT and a paramedic 24-7-365 in Kane. Okay. While well, I'm thinking of it, do you still operate a helicopter service? Or no, no, no. We got, got out, out of, of the business, Lifestar yeah. business in yeah. 2014. Okay, so not that long ago. No. But, uh, no. And, and who is the... Who's the, uh, the the helicopter service? There's several providers. The there's uh, Starflight in Jamestown. There's Stat Medevac, who bought out our, our bases and our business part okay. uh, of the business. And so they have a base in Cory Airport and in Harbor Creek. I see. And okay. they, they switch according to the weather. Uh, and then you also have... Uh, uh, service over in Ohio that comes in. I was going to say uh, Life Flight from uh, Pittsburgh. I was going to say Life Flight will come in and yeah. and grab patients yeah. and take them back I, to Pittsburgh. Right. I, I would say yeah, that's the, for interfacility yeah. transports. Yeah. But I would say the majority of the scene calls and even the interfacility in Northwestern Pennsylvania are handled by Stat. Okay. Yeah, just a little rabbit trail. Yeah. Um, but because uh, we see the helicopters flying overhead, and so um, all right, so the. In order to maintain this volunteer fire department infrastructure is the reason and because of the the history of these volunteer fire departments was was to provide ambulance service. That's why the BLS is is housed in, at, at these multiple fire halls. Is that correct? I, I don't I don't know about the history. That's a good question. Right. But yeah. I mean, in again, in large part, it is their main funding. And we'll, and we'll ask the McCain folks because uh, the McCain. Uh, uh, fire chief is coming on uh, in a, in a little bit, and we'll we'll have to ask their history. Again, these are proud organizations. Absolutely. I mean, I, I am not I'm not trying to uh, challenge the situation at all. I'm just trying to. Uh, this is this is very much like the conversation I have about colleges uh, and, and, talk, and talk about a total uh, from out of the blue analogy. But there's a lot of universities and colleges that exist. 
uh, in every other industry, it seems, uh, banking, in, uh, in uh, insurance, and what, you know, you have consolidation. It's, it's been a natural thing for the last 30 years. But, uh, uh, but in, co- in the university world, you don't see consolidation. You see universities that just die, and, uh, colleges that just die, and, and, the, you know, and then the, the kids go somewhere else, right? Uh, in, in this world, in the uh, volunteer fire department EMS world, you, you have a lot of individual shops, if you will, Every one of them, it sounds like, uh, that has their own ambulance, except in Kane. You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm being hyperbolic a little bit here. But it's just interesting to me mm-hmm. that uh, we're just in 2019 talking about maybe Mill Creek's going to have a consolidated fire department. Anybody want to weigh in on this? <laughs> well, the only thing I'll say is, according to the Ambulance Association of Pennsylvania, in the last five years, almost 200 ambulance services have closed. Is that so? So there is it, and, it, there is stuff happening and, here, and I get the notices on these. And wow. what I do see uh, mostly is not just closing, shutting the doors, and not doing it anymore. Although that does happen, is I see consolidation. They're okay. they're partnering with their neighbors, with uh, career services, career EMS services to serve their community. So uh, it's it's happening. I mean, we've lost thousands of EMS personnel in Pennsylvania. Just in Northwestern Pennsylvania, uh, I believe we've lost over 500 EMTs, paramedics, and nurses uh, in the last couple of years. Just not doing the work anymore. Just not, you know, it's, it, they're letting, I think another statistic I saw was that there are more EMTs, certified EMS people expiring than the training institutes can certify. So we're losing them to death, to, to right. aging out. Now, we've been lucky. We, we recently held three EMT classes, uh, two in Erie and one in Warren County. And we had, I believe, almost 50 students wow. in those okay. three classes. We ha- are holding another class right now. There's 22 or 23 in that class. So we're, we are seeing an uptick. Uh, we've done some things at Emergicare to try to uh, dangle the carrot, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and so far, it's been successful. We've hired, I believe, uh, about 20 employees uh, since January 1st. I want to give the phone number out because there might be some folks that want to weigh in on this uh, predicament that we're in. 679-1080-814-679-1080. So, Dean, have you seen in East County then, as you've been developing this new ambulance service, and and kind of taking the lo- kind of the load off yeah, of trying. of of the of the volunteer fire departments if, if they are, want are, are you seeing that maybe they're doing better with recruiting because again I, I want to make sure that it, it, my narrative is 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 either right or wrong that it's the EMT part of being a firefighter that people don't like to do I, I'm not going to use the phrase don't like it, it but it is very difficult the calls are numerous all the things we've discussed we feel like you will get volunteer firefighters out for the, the worst things, unfortunately, the yeah. sexy things we call them, but they're the worst mm-hmm. things, the fires and the accidents. And you bring up the, I, I think our numbers are, they come and go and it depends on the leadership in a particular firehouse. And right now we have three great leaders in chiefs. So the numbers, That's a big are, deal, the isn't numbers it? are steady. Sometimes they're up, but they, they come and go. Sometimes it's a, it's a rash of college kids uh, who want to volunteer, but they're not here, you know, for forever. They're only wow. here a few years and they're not here over the summers. But 
really the recruiting's gone really well, but there's still all of these departments face the same things all the time. So it's going to be it's going to be up and down. It's going to ebb and flow. We wanted to solve that for the long term. Mm-hmm. We want to go through it again. We we wanted to know when you called nine one one in East County that and it was a BLS because we know ALS emergency care was coming, um, but it was a BLS that they're going to be there. That we can't continue to burden these volunteers like this. So we 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 bit the bullet um, and we decided that we were we were going to do the paid service to try and solve the problem only when the volunteers don't go. This is very important. And you use the, the, the difficult word is consolidation on the volunteer firefighter side. Listen, it, some of the traditions of these firehouses go long ways Absolutely. back, back yeah. to Benjamin Franklin, for goodness sakes. <laughs> A lot of these people can trace it all the way back to, yeah. to him who, who started this. We're not going to break that up. We're, we're mm. not going to force consolidation. We're, we're not going to do those things. Are, are there things we think they can work together on? Yes, they do by mutual aid. But you're you're not. And we we, we joke again. This is the the elected official in me because I can't speak for the volunteers. We just we're, we're, they're so important to us. You can't get in a fight with somebody who's going to run into a burning building for free right. and win. <laughs> You right. can't. They, You're not going to win that they, argument, they and have, we shouldn't. They have our ultimate respect and, and appreciation. And today, they, they yeah. don't want to merge. They don't. Yeah. They'll work together all day. They'll share equipment, ideas, people, all of those things. So we're not going to do it. We're not going to force it. Maybe other places do. Mill Creek's talking about it, mm-hmm. um, and they're studying and looking at it. We're not there yet, but we have three departments who work together really well. So, well, and and who is who is kind of managing, um, you know, on a macro level. The you know, these these study. I mean, it sounds like the county executive is very involved in 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 kind of worrying. You know, there's a lot of hand wringing about this issue. Correct. Yeah. I mean, uh, Kathy Dahlkemper, you know, was successful in getting the radio project and it's, you know, nearing the end of the the completion. We're going to be going live with that here in the very near future. Uh, The volunteer uh, lack of EMS resources in Erie County has been a problem for a long time. And so she's appointed this recruitment and retention committee. And uh, so we've had, uh, I'm on that committee, and I believe there's 16 members. And so I, uh, we've had three or four meetings. So we're trying to get our feet underneath us, trying to collect data, uh, see what the resources are, where the issues are, with ultimately us you know, at some point making recommendations on what direction, what what do we need to do? And I'll, and I'll be the bad guy here. I, I listen, that's wonderful. I'm not against studies. Uh, I'm not against meetings, but we're, we're not studying. We're doing. We right. started our 237 team and we decided to put together an East County ambulance to, to help our volunteers. I'm, I'm done with studies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's time to do. We're doing. I don't know what they'll come out of with this mm-hmm. county study. I, and God bless them. Uh, that's great because there's some great people with great ideas. But, you know, at the end of the day, we just we didn't want to study anymore. We didn't want to talk about it anymore. We wanted to fix it. And that's how we've done it. Let me ask you again, Dean, uh, as, as the elected official to another elected official, uh, to the uh, and, and again, I know that the state representatives, the senator, they're concerned about this too. But are they offering any relief? Are there things at the Harrisburg level that could help y'all out? Well, they just studied it, um, and there were a number of recommendations. Uh, I think Bill touched on. I think the one most important is reimbursement from insurance companies has got to go up. I mean, mm-hmm. the money that they're getting for some of these these transports, legitimate transports, yeah, uh, is is minimal. I mean, it just is. It's practically criminal. What, uh, Bill? Can you be specific? Uh, uh, again, myo myocardial infarction. What what is that? What do you? What does that cost you? What do you get paid for that? Well, uh, on a basic life support call, so I have two EMTs on an emergency call. We treat and transport to a hospital. We get reimbursed by the state for patients that are on Medicaid. Sure, one hundred and eighty dollars. 
it cost me twice that to run wow. the call. Yeah. Now, again, everybody thinks, oh, geez, you brought that ambulance, you know, and transported me two miles and you send me a bill for $1,000. You have to remember, I'm paying that staff 24-7, whether they're sitting around watching TV, yeah. they're standing by to serve you. And so I have to pay them, plus their salary, their benefits, their workers' comp, payroll taxes, all those things. Sure. So now I'll take that same call, and it's a paramedic call. So it's an advanced life support. The state Medicaid reimburses us 300 for that call. Again, that cost me five or $600 to run that call. Wow. And the more rural you get, the more it costs me to run that call mm-hmm. because there's less call volume. And the city of Erie costs me less because we're busier and doing back-to-back-to-back calls. Right. Does that make sense to it you? It does make sense. Um, I want to ask about a particular situation that we're acquainted with where um, uh, a call was made. The, the local, the, what I understand, uh, the, the local, the local uh, department was not able to roll right away, right, Shane? Uh, Correct. Uh, so, so Emergicare did mutual aid. Right. And did they do the transport as well, or did, they, did the, the local guy finally show up? Uh, emergency care picked up my husband, uh, yeah, from, from our house, uh, because Wesleyville, uh, couldn't respond at that time. It was on, it was on a weekend and and they just weren't um, there. Yeah. Yeah. It was a Saturday morning. So, so, so it was, it was both in both advanced life support, right? The paramedics came as well, correct? Yeah, in fact, my husband was just texting me saying, make sure you tell Bill Haggerty that my EMT probably saved my life oh, because he uh, they they got him into St. Vincent and uh, they immediately put him into the stroke protocol. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And yeah, so I think again, their fast action really made a difference. Without yeah. knowing the, the details or being on the call, uh, we have incredible clinical staff. My EMTs, paramedics and nurses. uh number almost 200 Mm. and i would trust my life with any one of them i hear stories like this all the time they obviously recognize the symptoms of stroke radio that ahead to the hospital and the hospital put the stroke protocol in place and again probably saved his life and and thank god you have a a a outpost on buffalo road Right, right? right right i mean i mean again this i mean this this is just the average joe citizen wondering you know, what is it about this infrastructure that makes it so hard for people? And again, I understand that if you have enough crew sitting at the firehouse uh, and for that ambulance to roll, then we're golden. But they didn't, you know, and it, it, that, that's an emergency care responded. I mean, it really was almost immediate. It all moved very, very, very quickly. And, and we again, would have been dispatched along with Wesleyville right. for the ALS. And ALS. again, this is not a this is not a this is not a slam at all. It's just trying to understand this infrastructure that we're trying to unpack. I think what's important to take out of this show today is when you call nine one one in Erie County, then an ambulance is going to be there. All right now, it might be a while. It, it, well, it could, depending on depending on where you are. But I, I think if you're in the if you're certainly in the city, if you're in the if you're in the inner belt of of the contiguous municipalities that touch the city, the, the, uh, we're kind of have figured it out. So when okay. you call nine one one, we're likely to be there fairly quickly. What happens behind the scenes? How do we how do we continue to do that and prop up volunteer firefighters? Yeah. How do we pay for all of this? How do you say you know? How do you sustain yourself? All of those things are in the mix. Don't be confused by it. At right. the end of the day. Guys like us and volunteer firefighters simply want to save everybody's life That's and, and property. That's what we want to do. And, and we're getting there. We are getting there in Erie County mm-hmm. with these unique 
unique creative solutions. But all the stuff that goes on, I don't want you to be confused by all sure, of that. Because sure. we have to handle all of that. Right. Again, again, people rolled in and in, in he was right. taken care of, right? right? I mean that's what that's what counts. And I, but in the city it is it is pretty cut and dry. It, like I like I tell this story over and over again. I'm having coffee at at uh, Tim Hortons and uh, some one of the one of the the ladies behind the counter starts yelling at this guy who collapses, you know, uh, kind of a, a man of the street, if you will. And the guy I was having coffee with started resuscitation, mm. started compressions, and uh, they called nine one one. They were on the phone with nine one one a long time. Tower two rolls mm-hmm. along with two vehicles from Emergicare. I think. I think a paramedic truck and an ambulance, right? Is that pretty normal? A paramedic supervisor would typically assist somebody that's in cardiac arrest. Yeah, and uh, and so <laughs> all these big dudes and ladies. There were it was a it was a mixed uh, uh, crew from EFD, uh, you know, and they're in turnout. They're taking care of the the fella, and then you know, emergency care is right behind them. And, you know, they start, I don't know if they start an IV or whatever, but they IVs start resu- bait, resu- resu- yeah. resuscitation and, mm-hmm. and he revived, right? And uh, holy moly. I mean, but I mean, that's the city experience, isn't it? You know, it's just, much, it, yeah. you know, it's just, we're, it, it, it it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a battlefield, if you will. A whole platoon goes, goes and, and makes it happen, right? Right. So, uh, yeah. And again, uh, uh, th- this is so informative and, 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 uh, we again, what we're like, what you're saying, Dean. What we want to take out of it is, well, we need some help. We need some people to stand up and say, "Hey, I want to, I want to volunteer. I want to give to my community." We have Bill Haggerty and Dean Pepicello here. Uh, Bill is from Emergicare. Dean is from Harbor Creek Township. As we're understanding the the ecosystem, the infrastructure of. Uh, of uh, uh, emergency response, of uh, EMS, emergency medical services, and the volunteer firefighters that every day, uh, you know, uh, you know, volunteer, you know, put their lives on the line to make sure that we're safe in our community here. Uh, and, uh, and, and we're just, but we're trying to solve a, I wouldn't say solve a problem, trying to identify solutions to a very complex problem. And, 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 uh, um, is I have to ask you guys from your from your knowledge base, is anybody uh, have a, a a solution that seems to be working out in the country or in, in elsewhere in Pennsylvania that you've that you've heard, or is it just multifaceted? I assume you're talking from a volunteer sure, standpoint. Yeah. It's just it. It depends on the municipality. So look what Mill Creek has done. Yeah. Uh, now look what we're doing in East County. They're very different scenarios mm-hmm. uh, using our. Uh, using our employees during the day has been a creative solution. Cool Hose is paying people. Perry Highway paying people, essentially. So each each municipality is different. In the city of Erie, paid system absolutely works works best. It just depends on where you are, Joe. Is Cool Hose um, using West Ridge as their as their supplier? No, no they, they have their just, own they hire employees. And, yeah, okay, yeah. And all right, so cover, so so West Ridge has kind of got the, their own little system going on. With uh, with the being the kind of the paymaster, the yeah. or the employer of those of those paid. This uh, down vol- here is straight vo- straight volunteers. Nothing else up here is you're going to pay everybody full boat, the whole full blown thing. Yeah. And everybody else is trying to fill in in between, find a financial solution that works, but it doesn't get you here where you have to increase everybody's taxes. It just they couldn't afford you tax them out of their house. So. Yeah. But every every municipality is different. That's the point I want to get across. There are creative solutions. It might be very different in Waterford than it is in Westleyville. Yeah. Um, you just ha- you have to find them. 
And, right. You know, in the meantime, we're relying on, you know, Emergent Care and ALS, and, and they've done a great service to the community. There's no doubt. And here's the beautiful thing is that 911 is centralized now. I mean, there, there are parts of this infrastructure that have uh, been greatly advanced in, since your beginning of your career, Bill. I mean, as far as 911 goes, mm-hmm. uh, yes. there, we had an episode here at the radio station. Again, we've been in Waterford since 1994. I didn't know who to call. And I'm not sure there was nine. It was like a non-emergency, but I thought I was supposed to go north. And I think I went south or vice versa. Anyway, I think uh, both Stancliffe and uh, what's up here, Perry, uh, Perry Perry Highway, Highway, both rolled, (laughs) you know, because we're in Washington, Waterford Township here. So probably we should have been Stancliffe. Right. Um, But no, I mean, you just kind of don't know these things. Right. But you don't have to now. You call 911. That's, that's right. just what you do. And we're glad to have with us Jim Pyle. He is the, uh, is it the vice president of the McCain uh, Hose Company? No, I'm a deputy chief. De- deputy sure. chief. I'm sorry. Deputy chief of McCain Hose Company. And uh, um, Brian Kelly, he is an emergency uh, medical technician. That's I got that right? Yep. Uh, of, at, at McCain. And so welcome, gentlemen. Thank Thanks. you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. So um, let's get some origin stories. Uh uh, Jim, did you grow up in McCain or in that neck of the woods, or are you yes, transplant? Or? No, I no, I've been in McCain all my life. I so, um, a Lancer. Oh yes, very much a Lancer. <laughs> yes. yeah. Go GM. Yeah, um, I actually started uh, in the volunteer fire department in 1974. How so old were you? I, I mean, was uh, well, actually 17. You know. Okay. So yeah. Started a little <laughs> you bit went early. A little but, early. Yeah, but I but I started then, uh, and I've been in the department ever since. So I'm starting wow. my 45th year. Unreal. Wow. Yeah. And Brian, uh, your background uh, in, in EMT, of course, you grew up in, in McCain. And- yes, but, but very new to the fire department and uh, very new to this this kind of work. Mm-hmm. I've just been a volunteer for, for two years now. Okay. So and, just and, learning it myself. Um, all right. So I have to ask you, uh, we'll start with you, Brian, as far as uh, talk to this narrative of that I've been hearing that Lots of maybe lots of folks would want to be firefighters, sure, but not necessarily uh, medical technicians or medical responders. Sure, and, and you know a lot of that has to do with just the the amount of training it takes to be an EMT. You know the 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 training is months long. You know to to get your EMT certification, and it's just a it's a big commitment for somebody to make. And uh, I made it only because back about uh, eight years ago, my daughter, who was in high school, wanted to take an EMT class. And I thought, well, this would be a great thing for the two of us to do together. So I, I forget for how many months it was. We went every Tuesday and Thursday evening, wow. you know, for, for three or four months, if I remember correctly, uh, you know, to get this training. So that's how I got involved. It's a big it's a big commitment. And, and Jim, over your 45 years, are you seeing that just uh, um, that there's just not as many people of, that have the kind of time to make those kinds of commitments, both in firefighting and, of course, as a, as a, as a medical responder? That's exactly it. Um, everybody's being pulled in different directions now as far as volunteering. You only have so much time, and uh, it's, it's very time-consuming. You have to have a commitment to, to do the training and then be willing to get up in the middle of the night and go on calls or leave the supper table or you know leave one of your child's uh, events that they're having. You know, and it's, it's very 
tough. It's hard to find those individuals. And again, so this big report that came out last fall from the statewide where it talked about that, um, you know, that we went from 300,000 people who were uh, volunteer firefighters in Pennsylvania in the 70s down to 38,000. Doesn't surprise you at all, does it? Doesn't surprise me a bit. Yeah, no, yeah, doesn't surprise me a bit. All right, let me let me backpedal here because uh, again, if you've been involved with McCain Hose for forty five years, talk a little bit about um, how how something like a like a, a fire department, a volunteer fire department, started, and then what are the capabilities as they've uh, kind of grown through the years? Well, I started as an advanced first aider, um, and back in those days, I became an EMT in the late 70s is when I became an EMT, mm-hmm. and then moved on and became a paramedic in 1980. Um, McCain Hose Company itself, we never had a problem with volunteers. You know, we had numerous people. We used to have 35 to 40 people on the roster, uh, many of them EMTs. Um, we had many people that worked in the borough of McCain, so... It was really close to get yes, there, right? Yeah. So uh, if the siren went off, we usually were there and answered it within three minutes. And you again, uh, you had the same thing that they had at West Ridge. The siren yes. would call the folks to the fire hall. That's correct. There was no uh, pagers or what have you. No. At this time, you know, we used to have it where the, the siren would go off, the, the ambulance door would go up, and the front row of lights would come on waiting for somebody to get there. Oh, my you goodness. Know, uh, <laughs> you wouldn't dare do that today. <laughs> wow. Know, under the current situation but um uh, yeah we never had any problems with uh, personnel and that's a totally different story today so when do you think uh you know when did when did you start noticing boy the the recruitment's not there the kids from the high school are not uh, wanting to get involved and so on i noticed it more about 10 years ago so it's and, more more recent than than anything for you guys at least yes yeah that's when we really noticed it because we still had enough people that were there to, to answer the calls and and uh, come to drill and do the training uh, I think it was about eight years ago now that um, we brought in eight new people and we still have all eight of them but it's been you know hit and miss since then wow. um, something else that we just started here a couple of years ago was a junior firefighter program and that is becoming very successful we've had people that have gone through the ranks of a junior um, which you can be a junior firefighter from the age of 14 to 17 when you hit 18 you can become a, a regular firefighter and and fall under those guidelines um, but that's been very very successful how, how much of this is marketing? I mean, uh, is, do people understand? I mean, I well, mean yeah, we're doing a three-hour show about this, but do people sure. understand this need? Sure. I, you know, certainly that's <laughs> that's some of it. I, I know for me, you know, I had the illusion that, that I think most people have. I thought there were just people sitting around the fire hall waiting for the call to come in, you know, and yeah. if I called 911 and needed an ambulance, you know, there were just people waiting to, to go out the door. Mm-hmm. And and I stopped by the station kind of as an afterthought. I'd had this EMT certification. I wasn't doing anything with it. And I thought, well, I've got it. Maybe, maybe you know, maybe I should put it to use and stopped by and, you know, asked if, if they needed any volunteers. And um, you know, once I got on the inside, I, I, I saw, boy, it's it's not what I thought. You yeah. know, it's it, there really is a shortage of people to, to answer the call. Well, let's talk about the capabilities of McCain Hose Company. Now, um, what kind of apparatus are at, are at the fire hall? You have the one fire hall, correct? We have one fire hall. Okay. It's located right in the borough. 
Okay, so what's what's located there? And give the numbers because I think that's kind of a fun part <laughs> sure. of this. We have uh, one ambulance. Um, we have two fire engines. One of them is a, an, an engine tanker. We have a rescue truck. And we have a utility truck, which is actually set up as a like a for fire police and brush fires and things like that. Okay, so utility truck, a tanker, and a couple engines. Engine right? to rescue uh, and an ambulance. Yes. And, and the rescue. So, um, and so when you are when you are rolling for a medical emergency, what goes? The ambulance will go, and many times the. Uh, the utility truck, the 409. Okay. And that'll usually go for additional manpower. Sure. Nowadays, uh, the ambulance never used to leave without four people on it. Now it leaves quite frequently with just two. Okay. You know? Okay. And uh, again, if you're called, Brian, uh, for one of these calls, mm-hmm. are you going directly to the scene or are you going to the station house and then going? Yeah, it depends on a couple of things. It depends, number one, on where the incident is. There's some that are just closer for me to go directly to the scene. But the other big thing is, has anyone else answered? Um, has anybody else responded to the page? Because the, the first priority is to get the ambulance out the door. Uh, so even if the uh, scene is, you know, a half a mile from my house, sure. if no one else has responded to get that ambulance, I need to get to the station and get the ambulance on the road. So just to keep it really, really simple for me to understand, uh, how does that get all coordinated i mean is somebody uh does somebody become the lead immediately or is there is there phone conversations what is it there there's a great um app on our phones an app holy mackerel you'd you'd love it uh called (laughs) called i am responding and you remember you you used to see volunteer firemen carry pagers sure Uh, very few of us do that anymore now it's all on our cell phones and we're dispatched through that app and we can see uh, not only what the incident is and where it is, but we can see who else is responding. And, and this is through 911, or who, who originates these, uh, these calls? It will come through the 911 center. You know, we, we have the app uh, on all of our phones. We have it at our fire station. So this is a universal countywide app? Yes, it's, okay. it's available. Yeah. yeah, and they send that to us, and then there's a... Um, you can respond, you know, you hit a button. Yeah, I'm going. You Boom. can say you're going to the scene. You can say you're going to the station, station delayed, you know, something like that. Yeah. And it all um, shows up on a screen. So see, I'm, I'm confident that 90 percent of the people listening had no clue that was going on. Sure. Yeah, I had. I didn't. Again, this is all this is all two years old uh, wow. to me. So it's all brand new. And again, I had no idea. I just thought. There are people sitting around just waiting, you know. So, okay, so the ambulance is going to roll for a basic life support scenario. What happens in the case of needing for advanced life support? Well, we're fortunate enough at McCain that we house the Central County Paramedic Unit. Uh, They have a paramedic response unit and they have uh, an ambulance. Um, And those are paid employees? Those are paid employees, yes. There's only one on at a time. Uh, the paramedic, they do 12-hour shifts, so it's staffed 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and um, some very, very good paramedics that, that are there. So they're dispatched right along with us, or Edinburgh or Franklin Township. Um, they get dispatched you know, through the county to various locations. I just went to Springboro the other Did day. You, because, oh, because you're, you're part of your yeah, paramedic Well, I didn't them. go, but our paramedic, oh, unit paramedic did unit. respond to Springboro just yesterday. 
you know, because there wasn't enough units. Can you weigh in on this, Jim, as far as like this whole chess deal with with mutual aid that, uh, you know, people are going way outside their service area to respond? Everything is controlled now through the 911 center. Uh, so they they know where everything is now. They know where uh, advanced life support is. They know like how many probably ALS units emergency care would have available or also call them and ask them. Same thing with Mill Creek paramedics and same thing with West County. Um, so when those resources are tied up, you know, on another call, they've got to try and search and find, you know, the, the next closest ALS service to go with that BLS fire department. How does how do you feel that that all works? Uh, for the citizens that you serve? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, you, you either handle the call. I, I kind of feel instead of sitting there waiting for the call to come in, you handle the call at hand, you know, that, that you've got to uh, take care of. You, you, know, you, you deal with what's in front of you. Deal with what's in front of you. You know, wow. as I say, you, you know, you, you play the cards that are dealt to you, yeah. you know, and somebody needs help, then we're there to help them. Jim Pyle and Brian Kelly are with us from the McCain Hose Company. So, Okay. Uh, we, we let me let me get a let me get a little bit um, uh, deeper into this thing. How, first off, uh, Jim, how do you feel like the current system is working insofar as uh, well? Um, well, let me let me explain to our listeners that you've kind of jumped onto the what do you call it, Brian? The IRT bandwagon. One of you talk about that. Well, if I can explain that um, several years ago, I'm looking back at probably. Oh, maybe six or seven years ago, um, when McCain noticed that we did not have personnel during the day that were able to answer calls because everybody, you know, was not working in the borough anymore, you know, and we just didn't have the resources. We actually um, leased an EMT through Emergicare and had that EMT, a single EMT during the day, thinking that that would kind of help if we could get one more person you know, wow. and sometimes we did and sometimes we didn't, you know. So um, then when, when emergency care started having a shortage uh, and they needed that resource, then it gave us an opportunity to look outside the box. And that's when we uh, approached uh, Westridge. And I spoke to Chief Dan Ouellette at the time and said, how about, you know, can McCain lease to IRT members, which stands for an incident response team? Um, for a Monday through Friday, and we currently do it from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. And I can tell you that that team that we have had has saved lives uh, within our, our borough without a question, you know. Um, and I've got a couple specifics, you know. Yeah, go. Well, most recently, here about a week and a half ago, we were dispatched for a chest pain call about a block away from the firehouse, and the the crew answered and they were on location in less than two minutes and that gentleman at the time was having severe chest pain he was having what we call a STEMI which is a a, you know an infarct and we called ahead to the hospital to have them prepared we loaded the gentleman into the back of the ambulance and he went into cardiac arrest wow so the the crew started CPR the medic had uh, provided uh, advanced life support um, ended up defibrillating him a couple times. We got him to the hospital, and the patient was awake. He was taken to the cath lab. He had two stents put in, and he was home three days later. Wow. So, yeah, that fast. That wouldn't have happened mm. if we would not have had that crew. Right. Right. And, and, and so... Um, so that's... Is that the future? I mean, to have... Uh, I mean, it's kind of like what uh, what Dean Papacello was talking about in Harbor Creek, where where they're using Harbor Creek employees 
to uh, to man during the day, and now they're building their own ambulance system for at night for at least to start with basic life support and then eventually advanced life support. I mean, do you think that this is going to be the model that the volunteer fire departments are going to have to do? I think a portion of it is. Uh, I don't think we're there yet. You know, we're we're able to provide that service during the day. But uh, there's still nighttime coverage. There's still weekend coverage things. And, and for the most part, we get out you know, of, the, of the station over 95% of the time. But there's those few times where we're unable to respond and have to rely on a mutual aid department to. And what, what, what kicks in for McCain? What, what would normally kick in? Uh, if, if you guys can't respond, is that going to usually be Edinburgh or, or Franklin Township or, or just whoever's available? It's pretty much uh, dependent on the 911 center. Uh, but it would oh. be depend on, yeah, because they're the ones that do the dispatching. So if McCain doesn't answer a call, they're going to dispatch somebody that, um, you know, is next closest or more likely a paid service because we know they're staffed. Uh, and currently, so, so Emergicare may roll on, on a, a McCain they deal. Could. Yes, yeah. they could. And, um, I mean, it's it just it's just fascinating to me how this all works. It, talk about this concept of what Mill Creek is doing, where they are thinking about consolidating in their four uh, firehouses, their four fire companies. That is the future, uh, as far as I can see it. Wow. That that has to happen. What does that do though to to the tradition and and uh, and you know the things that we've been talking about? You know that that strong uh, connection to your local fire department. Yeah. Well, we're all in the same boat, and I don't think that uh, volunteers are knocking down the doors to get in and, and help. It's just you kind know. of a new it's, day, isn't yeah, it? And it's, it is a new day, and I don't see uh, volunteer fire service being what it was ever again. I mean, no. that's just my opinion. I don't, I don't see it. I've seen it you know, for 40-some years now, and, and I don't see it going back the, the way it was. Brian, when, when you get a call, I mean, how tough is it to respond, you know, uh, yeah, well, I mean, it's it's certainly an inconvenience, you know. Yeah. It's, it, the calls never come at a convenient time, and and the calls take a considerable amount of time. You know, we figure, you know, two to three hours for a call itself. But but then, on top of that, is is the paperwork that has to be done after that call. And for me, who's still new at it, you know, it takes me about an hour in front of the computer after every call to to put everything in as it needs to be done. Uh, so it is a big thing. But Joel, you know, I from from sort of the other hat I wear, you know, I'd like to really raise this as an issue that that speaks to, you know, somewhat a deficit of our culture, mm-hmm. you know, where we have lost a sense of community. We've lost a sense of neighbor care. We've really lost this sense of there being a common good that's worth us giving our lives to. And, and to be honest, you know, um, I, I wasn't motivated by any of those big, uh, big motives when I knocked on the door of the fire hall the one day and said, you know, could you use any more EMTs? Um, but now having done it for a little while, I really see, um, how much a bigger yeah. this issue is. It's it's not just about uh, making sure there's an ambulance that goes out the door. It's it's about that bigger sense of do we really do we really value our neighbor and do we really value our community and do we really believe 
that there are things worth worth being inconvenienced mm-hmm. for, you know, mm-hmm. uh, worth having to give up three or four hours on a Saturday because we're caring for the person down the road who needs us. And, you know, the most rewarding thing for me has been, you know, when you go to a to an ambulance call, particularly, you know, you're seeing people in their most vulnerable yeah. moments. I mean, they're scared. Their world is shaken. And and the the wonderful, rewarding power of being able to come in, you know, with, with, with a smile and with a calming presence and assurance that, you know, we're going to do everything we need to do to help them. You know, it, it takes us back. Mm. I think, again, you know, putting on my other hat for a minute, it, yeah. you know, it takes us back to what Jesus called us to in, in loving our neighbors as ourselves.